Has it been a while since you've had an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or even a handcrafted cocktail? Well, if so, the Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality. On the weekends, they have the Damn Smoke, which features barbecue and fantastic steaks. In addition to those, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be by boat or by wheels, the Damn Landing is the place to be. Located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester, Indiana. of your golf glove not being comfortable and durable are you tired of going through way too many golf gloves a year well folks the secret is out with circle 15 golf circle 15 golf is a brand focused on bringing two quality products and experience to the everyday golfer like you and me it's built on 25 years of tour experience featuring the genesis glove the most durable and comfortable glove available in the patented glove hub the first and only glove humidor on the market Find them and more details at circle15golf.com. And folks, just listen to that Velcro snap on the Genesis. Don't take my word for it. Go get one yourself and see why it is the most durable, comfortable glove on the market today. And get yourself a glove hub, ball marker, divot repair tool, Circle 15 hat while you're at it. Circle15golf.com. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Are you looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting? Performa Print House has over 50 years combined experience of promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company and give them a call today at 574-210-3815 or email Barbara Von Weinsberg at barbara.vanweinsberg at proforma.com. Trust me, folks, I've been working with this company for a while. They got great products. Anything you need for your trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they got it. Any promotional products you can think of, great quality, great customer service, Give them a call today. You won't be disappointed. 574-210-3815. The J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. The Word Association segment is brought to you by Rhett Lee, Attorney at Law. Rhett Lee and the law office of Andrew Key LLC are located at 206 4th Street in Logansport, Indiana. Rhett provides legal services to the people of North Central Indiana and practices criminal defense, family law, and personal injury. If you need a lawyer who cares about your results and will fight for you, give them a call today to schedule a free consultation at 574-722-2221. What's up, Tan and J-Man Show Nation? This is Tanner Lee, one half of the Tan and J-Man Show. And on behalf of myself and my co-host, Josh, the J-Man Month, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. While you're at it, on whatever platform you're listening on, please hit that subscribe button. And if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. If you're interested in watching our show, our show is recorded live every Monday from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch that on the ISC Sports Network, on the free ISC Sports Network app, 
on the ISC Sports Network Facebook page and their Twitter page. While you're at it, on the social media channels, please give us a like on our Facebook page. Please give us a follow on our Twitter and Instagram page, at Show. And if you want to support our podcast and look great doing so, we have a merchandise store. You can go to any of our social media pages, click the link, click TNJ Man Show store, and you'll find whatever you're looking for, short sleeve t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it, we got it. So thanks again for supporting the podcast. Now sit back, relax, and here comes another exciting brand new episode of the Tannen J-Man Show. We are live with the Tannen J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. How's everyone doing tonight? Comment on our uh, Facebook page how you're doing. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Jay, man. Pretty, how about yourself? Pretty, pretty good. It's a decently, uh, decent nice weather day. out. Yeah, nice day. Nice Had a good Masters tournament to recap. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, everything's going good. Good. That's how about a- you, man? How about- Those Cubs can't have you in the best mood. I'm actually doing okay. Talk about that later. Uh, we'll see how uh, good I'm doing once I get into uh, the nitty gritty here. Uh, but you got some uh, birdie bug for me? I do. Uh, let me hear it. NFL drafts coming up. Uh huh. So I want to know who was the last running back to be drafted number one overall number in the NFL one draft? One overall in the NFL draft. It's a good one. I have a few names that come to mind. None that will be right, but a few names nonetheless. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Their prime season program is a weekly box of everyone's favorite prime seasonal produce sweet corn tomatoes cucumbers peppers onions potatoes etc enrollment is happening now their program timeline timeline is july 8th through september 9th Uh, they offer a monthly payment program uh they got questions don't be afraid to let us know That's what they have here. I didn't. Oh, uh, you should have just I'm took not, credit for it. <laughs> I'm not but clever enough. That's uh, that's nice to give recognition to where recognition's due. And let us know. Uh, it's G N O W as well. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, please visit their website to uh, for more information and to sign up. So noblenomellc.com where you can get your veggies. There you go. I like that. Yes, Smooth sir. this week. I already, for- I already forget the trivia question. So. Something about first running back that can uh, was the first running back or the last running back taken first overall. Yes, there you go. Got it. Got to get you veggies. Yep. Well, last Monday we were previewing the NCAA men's basketball championship game. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a recap, of course, since our show is on Monday from six thirty to seven thirty. But uh, what a surprising game and surprising outcome, huh, Jay? Man. Yeah, we thought uh, Gonzaga had their uh, one kind of escape job against uh, UCLA in uh, the first Final Four game. And then Baylor comes out. No one's even picking Baylor. No one's talking about Baylor. Baylor's been one of the top. Well, I was talking about Baylor. You were talking about Baylor. I just Um, didn't think they were going to win. You didn't pick them, did you, though? No. I I I had Gonzaga over Baylor in all my brackets. Yeah. I had Gonzaga um, winning this one, of course. Um, I think I had a real close game because Baylor had been rolling. But then Baylor comes out, no one's talking about it, punches him right in the mouth, gets up 9 nothing early, got up like 18 in the first half, got up 18 in the second half. Um, 
I just Gonzaga could not handle Baylor's athleticism at all. No, like we were talking last week, their guards are minimum boys. Yeah. And they showed it. Crazy thing is, we talk about all this transfer portal stuff and how it's yeah. ruining college sports and stuff. Three of Baylor's guards are transfers. Or transfers. I know. I mean, it works out more times than not mm-hmm. for teams, but it's annoying. It seems like uh, Scott Drew has used that extensively in his time at Baylor. You a Scott Drew um, guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, he took over from one of the worst situations did. in the history of college sports. He did. With a whole murder cover-up type deal yeah. back in the early 2000s. And he's turned him into a good basketball program. Obviously, national champion now. Um, does he – we don't really have any proof of him cheating, but there's always sort of rumors swirling around that he's not being exactly um, forthright in his recruiting efforts. Good word choice. Um, but – I'm okay with him. I don't mind him. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think he's the cleanest guy, but no. uh, but it was neat to see somebody else win. Yeah, um, even though Mark Few's deserving Gonzaga, absolutely. I mean they're they're turning it into a recruiting powerhouse out there on the West Coast. Yeah, they're getting five but stars after five stars. They're in the spot with their program. It doesn't matter what they do. Of course, during regular season because they won so many conference titles. It's what have you done in March and. They haven't got it done yet. Yep. Gotten to two national championship games within the past four uh, NCAA tournaments. They uh, obviously can't get over the hump. They lost to North Carolina in 2017 and, of course, to Baylor. Um, I don't know what else you, you can do. I guess you can just keep getting there and hope you win one eventually, which I think will eventually they'll get there. And I think we talked about this last week, but it's time for them to bump up into a different conference. Yes. Playing – in the West Coast Conference for 20 games or however many games uh, they play in their conference season uh, does them no favors at all. I know they play, have a really good non-conference schedule usually, but then you take two-plus months off of playing these very quality teams. Um, I know BYU's had good years. St. Mary's had good years. Uh, but they're just they're not to the level of what, like, say, a Kentucky or a Kansas or Duke, that kind of talent, obviously. Um, I don't know if bumping up to the Mountain West would be a big enough leap for them. I don't know if the Pac-12 would take them because they, cool. they don't have a football team, of course. And that make 13. They'd have to take one, the one other team to make yeah. it even, you know, for like conference tournament and such probably. Big Ten play with 11 for a while. Yeah, they though. did. You're right, but... That was before all the expansion um, happened. And I don't know who else the Pac-12 could even think about taking out there. Maybe a San Diego State, potentially. BYU for basketball um, only? <clears throat> I guess that would make it even with Gonzaga for basketball. Except the problem with BYU, they won't play on Sundays. <laughs> BYU is good enough in football. That is the problem, yeah. Uh, good enough in football where they could be a pac They like to be team. independents but, in football. Um, they're kind of like Notre Dame, in a sense. Those uh, kind of schools like... Uh, like to do their own thing for whatever reason, but yeah. Yep, so uh, college basketball got through the season. Um, I mean, there was bumps in the road, but we got through it. Uh, the NCAA tournament went through pretty smoothly yeah. besides the VCU incident. Um, now, of course, we've got to wait out the transfer portal that's going on and the NBA draft process that who knows what it's going to look like um, exactly yet. Uh, it's going to be later this year than normal. Um which I think with the transfer portal, it really hurts schools having the uh, draft process so late. I mean, it's into July. 
where you don't know if you have half your roster anymore uh, just a month before school starts. Yeah. What do you do? You're going to have to scramble. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, look at the Big Ten. I mean, we've seen a lot of schools impacted already. Yeah, I mean, we have um, – Purdue hasn't really had anyone significant transfer out. Aaron Wheeler. Uh, Aaron Wheeler and Emmanuel Dewana, the two but, I thought were going to transfer yeah. anyways. Um, we have Adam Miller from Illinois uh, right now is transferring out. I mean, you have guys putting their name in the draft. Joe Wieskamp, I believe, put his name in the draft. I'm not sure if that's official yet. Okay. Um, EJ Liddell has at Ohio State. Um, we have – Marcus Carr in the transfer portal and Liam Robbins in the transfer portal who just uh, committed to Vanderbilt today uh, from Minnesota. I mean, Nate Reavers from Wisconsin in the transfer portal. Uh, Armand Franklin goes from Indiana to Virginia. Michigan State losing Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry put his name in the draft today. Uh, Mike Smith at Michigan went to the NBA draft and he's supposedly going to be a um, try to play professionally somewhere. Um, Maryland's had a few guys enter the portal. Penn State's lost almost their whole roster yeah. uh, to the portal. I don't know. Did Jamari Wheeler ended up at Ohio State? Mm-hmm. I know uh, their big guy John Harris going somewhere else. I don't know if he's picked a school yet. Um, Mar- Marion Jones is going to uh, Florida. He committed to Florida. Um, it's it's impacting college basketball all over the place. Sure is. Um, like we said last week, there's really going to be not as many rebuilding jobs mm-hmm. as there used to be because you can just pick and piece, plug and yeah. plug and play, really. Um, but we'll see how the Big Ten shakes out. A lot of, in the way too early predictions, a lot of Big Ten teams in the top ten. Right. As they were this year yeah, coming yeah. in. Yeah, which, um, speaking of that, one of our good friends, Evan Webb, sent me a text today, and it was from NCAA.com. Way too early 2021-2022 predictions, and here are some of them. Number one, more Pac-12 teams will be ranked in the preseason AP poll in 2021 than 2023. Hmm. Number two, every 2022 NCAA tournament team will have at least two losses. No one coming in undefeated. Or even one loss. Number three, only one of the four 2021 number one seeds will earn a number one seed in 2022. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Number four, UCLA will earn a protected seed next season. That means a number one, two, three, or four seed. Yeah. Number five, Duke, Indiana, Kentucky, and Louisville will all return to March Madness. Number six, just like 2020-2021, one consensus All-American will return from the previous season. Who would that be? We have have, uh, Drew Timmy, maybe. Oh, Drew Timmy was the second. Corey Kispert, maybe. Yeah, I would think. That would make sense. Garza gone. Dasumu's gone. Yeah. Um, I can't Kate even Cunningham's gone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was a consensus. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that means first team. It just, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Number seven, Gonzaga's five-season streak of winning 30-plus games will extend to six. Yeah, especially if they're in that conference again. Number eight, there will be just one first-team All-American in 2022 who's a freshman. Number nine, Villanova will win the Big East regular season title by multiple games, lose in the Big East tournament final, then earn a top four seed. Number 10, Texas will win more games in its first season under new head coach Chris Beard than it has since at least 2015, 22 plus wins. Number 11, the Pac-12 will have at least two teams seeded as high as its highest seeded team in 2021, number five, Colorado. 
but they won't win as many NCAA tournament games in 2022 as it did in 2021. Number 12, the Big Ten will win at least two more NCAA tournament games in 2022 compared to the eight at one in 2021. That's pathetic. <laughs> Number 13, Purdue will win at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title. Gross. I'm on board with that one. Gross. Number 14, the A-10 will be responsible for at least three bids in 2022. Number 15, Memphis will make the NCAA tournament for the first time under Penny Hardaway Penny. By, by earning a ninth seed or better. You want to talk sleeve ball. <laughs> Penny Hardaway. Yeah. How has he not had the hammer drop? Of course, the NCAA doesn't drop the hammer on, on anyone. anybody. Will Wade still gets to recruit, and he's still landing guys. Sean uh, Miller's finally can. Sean Miller finally, and it's because they haven't won enough. Yeah. That's that's their only justification for firing him. Number 16, Utah State will make his third straight NCAA tournament appearance. Number 17, Alabama will have at least twice as many SEC losses in 2022 as it had in 2021, too. But it will still win at least a share of the regular season title. Number 18, at least two more programs in the Big East will make the NCAA tournament in 2022 compared to 2021-4. Butler going to be one of them. I was going to say, Butler fans are probably hoping that, that they're going to be one. If not, they might be looking for a new coach. It's not going to be DePaul. <laughs> Number 19, while there might be a first-time national champion head coach in 2022, it won't be at a first-time national champion school. Um, has has uh, Texas won in? I don't know. I don't think so. Number 20, there will be at least one team in the Final Four who starts at least two players who transferred into the program. That's a, that's, that's a pretty safe bet in today's college Number basketball. Number 21, the ACC will finish with the most teams ranked in the final AP Top 25 poll, but the Big 12 and Big 10 will compete to be the most efficient conference in the country, per Kim Palm. Huh. And number 22, home court advantage will be at least three percentage points higher next season compared to 2021. At least three percent. I think that's a pretty easy one as well. Assuming we have fans by then, which I think we will. I'm not a doctor though. Uh, before we move on, do you want to look up? Or, since we're talking about predictions, do you want to look up what our bowl predictions were? Sure. And how were how those are going for us? I kept mine on my computer. So uh, my first one was a Big Ten team will win the national championship in basketball. <laughs> I think yeah, at that, was, that time I said it probably the most likely would be Iowa, and they didn't even get to the Sweet 16. My first one was an athlete in their prime will retire this year. So far, we haven't seen that happen. Mm -hmm. We have until December. Maybe but. Tiger Woods' injury. Would you call him in prime, though? I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. I'm with you. Call him an old man now. Mm -hmm. My number two was the NBA championship will be won by a team who never has won one. I still like that with the Nets. Yeah. Yeah, they can get Yeah. yeah. Good one. Uh, mine was the Dodgers will repeat as World Series champion. Um, they have the best record in baseball. So, so far, so good. My number three, well, this will be Aaron Boone's last season as the Yankees manager. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Mine has already hit. A non-quarterback slash running back will win the Heisman. Devontae Smith wins Heisman for uh, Yeah, Alabama. that was a given one when you made that. Mm-mm. <sighs> mm -mm. We had a pretty good, we had a pretty good idea he was going to win. I it. thought it was going to be Najee Harris when I made that prediction. Number four on mine, uh, someone other than Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State will win the college football playoff. Of course, we got the way to ways to yeah. see that, but that's, uh, that's pretty bold. Mine was the Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl. They did not. Mine number five is off the bad start. Roy McIlroy will win a major for the first time since 2014. Book it. He's only got three more <laughs> shots. It didn't go well for him this weekend. Chris Bryant will be traded by the trade deadline. I'm sticking with that. 
I was pretty close on this one, but I didn't get it. Drew Brees, Phil Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger will all retire. Ooh. I mean, Big Ben still got time to retire. I guess it could, but. Not even draft time yet. Ohio State will win the college football playoff. Did not happen. My number seven, at least eight NFL teams will have different starting quarterbacks come week one. I feel very confident yes. about that. The National League Central will be one with a team at or under 500. I feel okay about it right now. Reds are winning the division at 6-3, and three, but we all know they'll fall. Number eight, someone will make the Final Four that hasn't in the last 20 years. Baylor, Houston. Houston. Baylor. Baylor. Um, UCLA did yeah. in the mid-2000s. Justin Fields will not be the second quarterback taken. I think I feel he'll be the fourth. I actually feel okay about that. Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones are my guys I have above him, and that could easily happen. Number nine, Ohio State running back Master Teague will win the 2021 Heisman Trophy. I like that one. Deshaun Watson will be traded to the Dolphins, and Carson wins to the Colts. Got 50% yeah, the other one's of that not one. Uh, I don't know if Deshaun Watson will ever play it down in the NFL again. It's looking unlikely right now. Yeah. Let's see how it plays out. My number 10 was the Chicago White Sox will make it at least to the ALCS. Um, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Big Ben will all retire. I did not know got I half. saw that. I did get half, 50% again. Number 11, I said IU will not have the 2021 Mr. Basketball winner from Indiana. Hadn't been announced yet, but I'm pretty confident that's not going to happen. We will have full stadiums by Major League Baseball All-Star break. Uh, the Texas Rangers already did it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my number 12, I don't think it's going to come true, and I hope it doesn't. The 2021 Olympic Games will not happen. I think they are going to happen. I think gonna it's going to happen. Yeah. Good. Uh, there will be at least one NFL team to go from last to first. I said San Francisco or Philadelphia most likely. feel better about San Francisco than I do Philadelphia, though. My number 12 or my number 13 was the Colorado Avalanche will win the 2021 Stanley Cup. Best record in the league right now, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. The USA basketball team will not win the gold medal at the Summer Olympics. Uh, they probably will, but I don't think, like, does LeBron even care enough to play in that anymore? Or guys like this that? This might be his last yeah, chance. Yeah, could be. Um it's really not that big of a deal anymore because they win every if it, year. It depends. I mean, is the NBA season going to end That's normally? the thing. I don't know if they're even going to have an Olympics yeah. basketball-wise. Number 14 came true. The Kansas Jayhawks will not win the Big 12 regular season title. I said neither Alabama nor Clemson will be playing in the college football championship. Um, I'm pretty sure I meant for the next season. Yeah. Because we would have already known that yeah. Alabama was going to be in it. Um, number 15, we will see someone throw the first perfect game since 2012. We got a long ways there. Yeah. We did see the first no-hitter thrown in San Diego Padres yes. history. Joe Musgrove cool. about no-hit the Cubs every single time he faced them, it felt like. So now every team in the league's throwing one. Yep. Next season will be the three longest-tenured NFL coaches, Belichick, Tomlin, Sean Payton, final year with their franchise. Could happen. I could see it. Number 16, I got wrong. <laughs> I said Matthew Stafford would be a New England Patriot next season. He's L.A. Ram. Josh Allen will win NFL MVP. This was for the next season um, because I think we all had a pretty good idea Aaron Rodgers was going to win uh, for that year. Uh, number 18, I had – or number 17, I had the Duke Blue Devils will not make the NCAA tournament, and they didn't. Oh, boy. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens will make the Hall of Fame. Got that one wrong. Number 18, I got right. Two non-Power 5 conference teams will make the Final Four. Thank you, Houston, and thank you, Gonzaga. Roy McElroy will finally win the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, make it make the cut. Yeah. 
I didn't even know I had this one, number 19. A PGA Tour player who has never won a major championship will win one. Atta boy. Hideki Matsuyama yeah. this weekend. Rob Manfred will be forced out by Major League Baseball owners. It's not going to happen. Number 20, Martin Trex Jr. will win the NASCAR Cup Championship. Got a ways to see if that happens until November. My number 20 was wishful thinking. Uh, Tom Ricketts will be forced <laughs> to sell. Um, Dodgers former owner Frank McCourt had to file for bankruptcy when he was $400 mil in debt, and MLB forced him to sell. The Ricketts are currently $1.1 billion in debt. In 21, we'll have to wait and see. I said 2021 will be Brian Kelly's last season as Notre Dame's head coach. We will have another triple crown in horse racing. So, We've got a few right so yeah. far. Uh, the Tan and J-Man show is brought to you by uh, the Dan Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, the Dam Landing is the place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. The Dam Smoke is here every single weekend. We'll feature barbecue and steaks. In addition, you can wash it down with another 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best micro-brews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Manitow in their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether we boats or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be. Located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Soon to have ice cream. Yes, sir. Sally's. Going to be selling ice cream. Sally's by the shore. It's a newly Rochester staple, but it looked like Rochester wasn't going to have it at all this year, but uh, the Dam's saving the day. Yep. Like they continue. They continue continue rolling out new stuff. So, uh, Go give the damn lane a try if you're in the area and you haven't already. Yes, Highly sir. recommend it. Good food, good tacos, pizza, good view, burgers, great view. Good people, good Get, service. Yes, sir. Getting nice out, too, so go to their beer garden. Absolutely. Speaking of nice outs, you know, springtime's in the air. Flowers are Spring is in the coming air. out. The Masters is yeah. coming gone again. Yeah, yeah. Still wasn't a 100% normal Masters, but it's getting closer. It's a lot better than the one in November. There were patrons, limited patrons, not as many as normal. No grandstands. That was odd. Yeah. See. But uh, at least there was some noise. There was some roars of the crowd. A first-time major champion, Hideki Matsuyama. Good for Hideki. Uh, first Japanese major champion and first, of course, to win the, the Masters. So now 12 different international countries have had winners in the Masters. A uh, long time coming for Hideki. He... Uh, his biggest win to date before this was the Memorial, which is one of the bigger non-major tournaments. Last year in the Players' Championship, he shot around a 63 on day one, which I believe was the course record, a tied to course record. But then after round one, the tournament was called off, COVID struck, and the world as we know it got turned upside down. So a long time coming for a decade. I mean, he's been a, one of the best ball strikers, best iron players in the world for many years, a decade now. I mean, he was a low amateur at Augusta back in 2011. But it was just always, can he hold enough putts? Well, on Saturday, he got that putter going and shot around a 65 and uh, really took over the tournament. Had a commanding lead, had a five-stroke lead with five holes left, but ended up only winning by one yesterday. Got kind of tight. And it's funny how that will happen to you in golf. It's one sport where it's all on your shoulders. You're the only one to blame. Especially in this tournament. I'm sure he felt the pressure a little bit. After the ball leaves your club, you can't do a lot about it. Mm-hmm. You got trees, you got wind, you got water, you got sand, you got all sorts of things that can get in your way. But uh, he ended up winning the tournament, even though he shot what, a score of one over par yesterday. Uh, 10 under, which Augusta loves their champions to be around 12. 
So it was pretty close. I mean, the course, the course was pretty tough this week, especially on Thursday. They made it as hard and firm as they could. Um, so the course was – they did not see a 20-under win it like they did in November. That wasn't going to happen. Uh, they made sure of it. But um, good for Hideki. I have no problem with him. He's not one of my favorites, but I have no problem against him. Um, young American Will Zalatoris, who I got to be honest, I did not know who that was before this tournament. I've never heard of him until got this moment. Second. He's 24 years old. I weigh as much as him, Josh. But he's a little taller than I am. But he is a string being. He's 24 years old. The only reason he was in the Masters, he tied for sixth last year in the U.S. Open. Hmm. He looks like the caddy off Happy Gilmore. Not the <laughs> yes. older caddy, the yeah. kid caddy. I saw Adam Sandler tweeted at him. But uh, he, he played well, and he's got to be kicking himself only losing by one because he missed some short putts. But it uh, be interesting to see if he can keep it going and become one of the new bright stars in golf or if this was kind of a one-time wonder. But like I said, he tied for sixth in the U.S. Open. So, of course, the uh, big stage doesn't seem to phase him too much. I got a question for you. Yep. Where did Will Zalatoris go to college? Wake Forest. Okay. It was they talked about it a bunch oh, this weekend. And of course, Arnold Palmer went there, so oh, big yeah. golf connection. But and he uh, he had played Augusta years ago when he was younger. Um, Xander Schauffele and Jordan Spieth both tied for third rounds of seven under. Jordan's um, playing well, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and he he had a bad start yesterday. Or he would have been right in the thick of things. Um, he didn't didn't get the putter hot. Round of the day yesterday was John Rahm, shot six under. That ended up being his score for the tournament. He ended up tying for fifth, the new newly father, John Rahm. Mark Leishman tied for fifth. He always plays well in the Masters, it seems. Uh, Justin Rose got seventh. He led on Thursday with the score of seven under, ended up five under for the tournament. It's funny how that can happen at times. But uh, to round out the top ten real quick, Corey Connors tied for eighth, Patrick Reed tied for eighth, Tony Finau tied for tenth, and Cameron Smith tied for tenth. Um, some other notables, Phil Mickelson made the cut. He tied for 21st, as did Justin Thomas. Um, Bubba Watson made the cut, tied for 26th. Uh, J-Man's guy, Roy McIlroy, did not make the cut. Wasn't even close, really. Uh, take the blame. The cut ended up being uh, three over. And Rory was six over. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, my pick, made the cup, but he tied for 46th. So, I don't know. I, every year I think Augusta is a place he can master with his distance, but he's just not accurate enough off the tee. Yeah. You got to be accurate. Augusta, you got to do everything. You got to be able to drive it. Eh, I wouldn't say you have to drive it long. It helps, I guess, more so with accuracy, but you have to have accurate irons. You have to place the ball correctly. Got to be able to get up and down. You got to be able to putt it. So... It's a, it's a world-class golf course, of course, and it brings out uh, whoever wins usually is the best player that week. <laughs> Scared LA, the crap out of me. LA makes me jump as he's hawking over on a bone over there. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, it was an enjoyable Masters to watch, even though it was pretty boring through nine holes or so yesterday. But still, uh, something I get fired up about every spring. Yeah. I didn't watch a second of it, I'll admit. No, that's fine. I mean, first to admit. A lot of non-golf fans probably don't. Um, I usually do, but not for some reason not this time. Uh, PJ Championship's coming up next month in May down at uh, Kiwa Island down in South Carolina. Rory will win that one. He did win last time. It was at Kiwa. <laughs> Book so, it. Uh, that would help my bull predictions if, he, if he'd win one. Um, so we'll go from there. Then we'll have the uh, the Open Championship. No, no, the U.S. Open 
excuse me, and then the Open Championship, which they'll have this year. They didn't have it last year, but there still will be no fans mm. over 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 across the pond. So, yes, sir. Yeah, um, look forward to it. Uh, I'm just hoping Ricky Fowler can qualify for the PGA Championship at this point. Uh, he had to be top 100 in the world, and he fell out of the top 100 ranking last night. That's bad. Yeah. Um, is there a tournament this week? Yeah, the RBC uh, Colonial, I believe it's called. It's on the East Coast. I think it actually is in Hilton Head. Um, there'll be some guys that played in the Masters, but a lot of them will take the week off. Yeah. They win a plaid jacket for winning this one. Not a green jacket, but a plaid jacket. Does this always follow up the Masters? Yep. So uh, I think Bryson won it last year, if I'm not mistaken. If not last year, it was the year before. I saw a video of him um, hitting at the range, and Vijay Singh just watching him in awe. He did. He took his frustration (laughs) out on hole 18 yesterday and hit the longest drive of the tournament. So how long was it? I want to say it was like three seventy-five. Oh. <laughs> I could be wrong there, but it was it was up there. He's hitting the ball at two hundred miles an hour on the range, anyway. That um, would hurt. It's gotta hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's interesting. I, I'm I feel like one of the few who likes him. I know a lot of Twitter doesn't like him. I feel he like he does complain a lot. I feel like Johnny Knoxville. That will be one of the new uh, <laughs> sketches. He'll 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 just take a two hundred mile an hour drive from Bryson right off the back. <laughs> oh, right, right in the stomach or the sternum, shin um, off the shin. St- Steve-O would love that one. I don't right know. Steve-O will be in this one. Really? He's, he's sober now and everything. He was. He had like he was on set and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, they they had to the last time they filmed. I think it was the third one. Um, they had to like get all alcohol offset. Couldn't have any of that, that stuff. That was back in 2010. Yeah, Ryan Dunn was still alive. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting without him because he was a staple. Ben Margera's not going to be in this one. Really. No, he kind of had a kind of had a freak out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you ready to be educated? Yeah, we got on a tangent there, so I apologize. Um, the first U.S. billiards championship was played in Detroit. Who won? <laughs> I don't know any Billard's players. In 1858, Michael J. Phelan won ah, in Detroit. Michael J. Fox. In 1877. Are you a good Billard's player? You like, you like pool? I like pool. You like the, like the Rackham? I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. I like to play eight ball, nine ball. I don't know ball. if I've ever seen you play. Um, you oh, have. yeah. Uh, I'm sure yeah, you, you guys had a table up in Iowa, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, we played up there I once. still play quite yeah, a bit yeah. when I go home. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I wouldn't say I'm great. You better than that. Are you a better pool player than you are a bowler? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a pathetic bowler. It's embarrassing. That sounds like a Tan and J-Mancho video sometime. Oh. Tan and J-Man, take the lanes. If anyone has any respect for me at all, it'll be all gone. <laughs> after you watch, or after you watch me bowl. J-Man, we're putting the bumpers up. Please put the bumpers up. I'll have trouble breaking 90. With the bumpers? No, with the bumpers, I'll break. No, if I'd break, if I didn't break a hundred with the bumpers up, I'd never, I'd never bowl again. Eighteen seventy-seven. Pete Weber, you're not. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. Catcher's mask. I'm the man. <laughs> Catcher's mask was first used in a baseball game in eighteen seventy-seven. Man, catchers before eighteen seventy-seven were dudes. They probably threw about as hard as we did back then, though. It's still dudes. Yeah. Still can break your nose. Yeah, it'd probably hurt. Take one right, um, off, the, right off the chin. Bust your teeth. Didn't you? Uh, what happened? You had, you got a scar. You had the stitches. Was that a that was a golf, golf club? Golf club. Yeah, never mind. My buddy Christopher Hyatt. Oh, what? First grade. 
I was using a plastic club. He decided to use his dad's real club. We were whacking the weeds, and uh, yep. Ended up in the ER. Nine stitches. 1938 Stanley Cup final. Who won? 1930. Stanley Cup. 1938. Not that that practice. Let's go with the Bruins. Chicago Blackhawks beat Toronto Maple Leafs 4-1. Dang. For a 3-1 series win. Only team to win Cup with a losing regular season record. Yeah, hot when it matters, baby. In 1940, the NFL cuts the clipping penalty down from 25 yards to 15. 25-yard <laughs> penalty? You trip a guy or you clipping block him in the back. On the offense. Um, who won the 1953 Masters tourney? Sam Snead. Ben Hogan. <laughs> he finished five strokes ahead of runner-up Ed Oliver. It was, was his second Masters. Pretty swing known to man. Who won in 1954 on this day? On this day, uh, 1954. Man, I don't know many golfers back then. Sneed. Sam Sneed. Yes. Wins his third and final Masters by one stroke in an 18-hole playoff with Ben Hogan. Two legends. Man, that would have been fun to watch. That been, if you go back in time and watch that one, I'm sure you'd take that opportunity. <laughs> Who won the 1954 NBA championship? 54. Let's go with the Boston Celtics. Minnesota, Minneapolis Lakers. Oh, I was going to say the Timberwolves did not. Beat uh, the Syrac- Syracuse Nationals four games to three. They had some cool jerseys. Um, 1955, first game, first baseball game played in Kansas City as the Kansas City Who's beat the Detroit Tigers six to two. I should know this. I'm blanking. Kansas City Athletics. Nope, I wouldn't have known that. Who won the NBA championship on this day in 1958? 58, huh? 58. Let's go with the Sixers. St. Louis Hawks. <sighs> Beat the Boston Celtics. 1960, Bill Veck in Chicago Comiskey Park debuts Exploding Stady or Exploding Scoreboard. I looked up what that meant. And it is the idea for one of greatest baseball's greatest speckle, spectacle. I can't read today. Spectacles came with Bill Bill Veck when he was watching James Cagney in the time of your life. Um, what? Toward the finish, he was playing pinball, and towards the finish, the character hit the jackpot, and there was the darndest racket and flashing of lights you ever heard or saw, is what Bill Vex said. Why? So why can't a ballpark have such a symphony of sound and light, and why not Comiskey Park? <laughs> why did Comiskey do weird things? They had record night. They had they to had, blow up the record night. They had, uh, um... I don't think they were the ones that did the 10 cent beer night. That was Cleveland. That sounds awesome. Um, um, it wasn't awesome because the stadium about <laughs> burned down. <laughs> uh, I guess. He, uh, Bill, I guess when you can't get fans in yeah. due to a winning team, you got to think creatively. Um, here's a few of the things he did. He was the first to put players' names on the back of their uniforms. Okay, that's cool. On hot summer days, he awarded 25 pound cakes of ice. Uh, he gave what a- of ice? Cakes. Just Cake? huge cakes of ice. I didn't know that's what big um, things I didn't either. Maybe that's cakes? Not. He gave away ho- homing pigeons, eels, and suede back horses. Eels? Suede backs. <laughs> what are you, you going to do with an eel? Suede backed horses. What are you going to do with an eel? Uh, he had a night for Joe Doe, the average fan, and he in- introduced Dawn Baseball for night shift workers who were served free breakfast by ushers attired in night shirts. He was an interesting guy. What are you going to do with an eel? That's what I want to know. Honestly, they, they shock I think you. They, I think they light up. And they shock you, though, right? 
Perhaps Vax's most famous stunt occurred in August 1951 when he was the owner of the doormat, St. Louis Browns. He sent three foot seven Eddie Goodell to the plate. Goodell three wa- seven, <laughs> three foot seven. Goodell, Walking machine. Goodell walked on four pitches. Absolutely. This, this is from the Chicago Tribune, by the way. Of all the unusual things my father did, Mike Vec told New York Times, my favorite hands down was the exploding scoreboard. It cost $300,000. It's a 130-foot-wide scoreboard. featured lights, sirens, a soxogram message board, and multicolored pinwheels. Holtzman called it a screeching banshee. They kept the multicolored (laughs) pinwheels up there for a while. Um, What the heck, man? A firing platform back of the scoreboard will go into action when a White Sox player hits a homer. There will be noises of varying tones and intensities. Uh, When Al Smith hits a homer, simulated hoof beats of horses will be heard. Al won a what? Al, Al won a horse in Puerto Rico that spring for leading the White Sox and Phillies and homers in the three-game series. Other buttons will be, produce varying noises such as thunder and collision of locomotives. He he started this like glass shattering. Um, let's see anything else. Can you imagine? The board was fully christened on May 1st, 1960, when Sox outfielder Al Smith hit a two-run homer off Jim Bunning in the bottom of the first inning against the Tigers. Um, they called it the electrical monster. Can you imagine? Picture this. Hawk Harrelson on the call during the exploding. Oh, you can man. put it on the board. Oh, my God. It blew up. <laughs> uh, what K- a franchise. Casey Stengel, when he managed the Yankees, had an answer for the quiet scoreboard when one of his players hit a homer. He had four or five of his men light sparklers in the dugout. Hey, got to have fun, man. Man, I'm still baffled by the eel. Like, you got to get an aquarium for that thing. A big fish tank or something. <laughs> You're still on the eel thing. <laughs> I can't um, get over it. The, uh, when Comiskey Park was dismantled, the last part was torn down of the exploding scoreboard in 1991. You're welcome, White Sox fans. How, uh, how sad. So that's the exploding scoreboard. On this day in 1960 <laughs> is when it was uh, debut. Wow. I love it. Uh, let's see. 1961, U.S. World War II General Doug MacArthur declines offer to become baseball commissioner. That would have been interesting. Who won the 1964 Masters Tournament? Oh, man. Arnold Palmer. Yep. Won by six shots over Dave Marr and Jack Nicholas to become the first. Never heard of Dave Marr. Four-time winner of the Masters. It was the seventh and final major victory. Oh, wow. Um, 1965, first National League game at Houston's Astrodome was played. What, didn't they call it like the eighth one of the world or something? Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> no, no, um, don't you be telling any Texans of that. I'm sure they're okay with a minute mid park now. Okay, let's see. Who won the 1981 Masters? Tom Watson? Tom Watson, you are on a roll. I'm decent when it comes to Masters. I can go back. Can you say I who, can go back from now to like ninety six? Can you guess who was uh, who we wanted over two strokes over uh, two guys? Let's go with Jack Nicholas. Yep. How about Gary Player? Your boy Johnny Miller. Oh yeah, <laughs> ruined the whole podcast for me. Who won in eighty seven? The year after Jack won in eighty six. Let's go with Seve Ballesteros. Larry Mize. Chips in from 140 feet out for an improbable wow. birdie three on the second playoff hole to beat Greg Norman for his only uh, Norman never got ma- one major title. Norman choked away a six-stroke lead going in the final <laughs> round to Faldo in the mid-90s. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, who who won in '92? Ian Woosman. Fred Couples mm-hmm. won his only major title. He was two strokes ahead of 1976 champion Raymond Floyd. Ain't it? Okay. He was pretty good in my Masters series. 98? 98. You're Tiger won 97. I get 98, 99 mixed up. It's one of two guys. I'm going with um, Jose Maria Abathabal. Or was it Marco Mira? Marco Mira. Yeah, but Jose, first Jose was title. 99. I get those two mixed uh, up. He hit it a 20-foot birdie putt to win on the final hole to win by one stroke from David Duvall and Fred Couples. 2009. 2009. Let's see here. Got to go back a little ways. 10. Oh, 2009 was on Hal Cabrera. Yep. yep. He won. Kenny Perry and Chad Campbell. Yep. Booked it. I was gonna. I was just about to ask you who he wanted over. 2015. I wish I need to write this down. 15. I believe 15 was Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. He <laughs> led wire to wire. Then he blew it in 16. Danny Willett won it. He won by four strokes over Phil Mickelson and Justin Rose. That was a really good on this day today. Yeah. Thanks for uh, providing us some content. <laughs> yeah, some good stuff there. And the Honesty Day segment is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Proforma Print House. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined experience of promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company by giving them a call today at 574-210-3815. Baseball is about 10 days old. One thing I want to ask you real quick. Do you have word association? I do. You want to knock that out right now? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that before we get to baseball. Then we'll get to baseball. Masters winners. Cool. Word association of like the past 15 years or okay. so, 20 years. Hideki Matsuyama. Champ. Dustin Johnson. Long ball. Patrick Reed. Oh, I thought you were going to say Captain America. Oh, that was a good one. Sergio Garcia. Um, long time coming. Danny Willett. One hit wonder. <laughs> Bubba Watson. Crying. And I like Bubba. He cries all the time. He won twice, didn't he? Yep. Uh, what was it? 13 and fi- – not 15. Uh, it was – Didn't he do it like 12 and 14. 12 and 14, yeah. Uh, Adam Scott. Ozzy. Is it Charles Schwartzel? Charles Um, Got his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zach Johnson. Efficient. He won it by not hitting long, by laying up on the par fives. He was efficient. Good old Zach J. You don't really hear his name that much anymore, do you? No, he won a British Open I was just a saying, just years ago. A few years ago. Yeah, he's kind of just out there. Phil Mickelson. Phil the Thrill, man. Lefty. Michael Weir. Canadian. Lefty Canadian. Cameron Screeton's favorite golfer. <laughs> Jordan Spieth. Talented. I and the guy. I mean, he might be finding it again too. Yeah, oh, he's definitely he's found it. He he's able to get up and down at that place unlike anybody I've ever seen. I mean, he he's he's skilled. Just spoke of him, Angel Cabrera, the penguin. 
I think he looked like the penguin. He used to smoke and he won a Masters, lost another Masters playoff, and won a U.S. Open. I, I remember him losing the Masters in the playoff. Who did he lose? Adam to? Scott. That's right. In the ring. Trevor Immelman, the final one. I'll talk about a um, commentator because he's a golf commentator no, now. He is. Yeah, he's not I, even golfing. No, anymore. he commentates. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how many other wins he had. That was another one that just came out of nowhere. But hey, if you got to win one big one, there's not a better one to win than <laughs> That's the Masters. That's right. I mean, Danny Willett will be able to talk about that forever. Yeah, I mean, a win gets you invited back to Augusta forever. You get a green jacket to wear while you're there every you know a week for the week mm-hmm. every year because you get to keep it for a year. Then when you go back, it is Augusta's. Besides ah. that week, you're there. You get to be part of the Champions Dinner. Every year, which they say, there's so many legendary stories that nobody's ever going to know about. They had pigs in a blanket this year. <laughs> Except they were like the they fanciest were pigs in a bl- blanket. In a ba- blanket. I hope people like Japanese food next year. Yeah. Tadeki, uh, probably like sushi or something. Not a fan of the raw fish. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. Uh, when Tiger won in 97, he had burgers and shakes. Oh, yeah. That's my kind of meal. Uh, one of these days we're going to have to actually pick out I know we talk about all the time like what our master's dinner because you, you do like an appetizer uh, or maybe like two appetizers in the main course and then dessert I think appetizer go chicken wings that's a good one honey barbecue I was, I was thinking wings. about chicken wings as well. cheese curds uh, you're our curds guy main course oh man I I love chicken like barbecue chicken mm. but for it'd be it'd be hard not to get a like flame and yawn at Augusta. Yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking like I was thinking like barbecue brisket. Or something. Oh man, big fan of brisket side oh. dish. I probably have chicken wings as my side dish. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Uh, some kind of casserole or something. I don't know. Man, mac and cheese, corn casserole. You ever have corn casserole? Oh, pretty good like stuff. Oh, Des- dessert, brownies. I'm big brownies. Love guy. brownies. Creme brulee. That's not fancy. Something fancy, I with, like delicious. Flan. <laughs> I've never had flan. <laughs> I don't think I have either. <laughs> it's kind of like creme brulee a little bit. It's like custardy. What was that movie they were always talking about? Flan. It had Ben Stiller in it because, like, the neighbors were rich and his kids had flan over there, and they were talking about flan. He always wanted to get his kids a flan. Meet the parents. No, I wouldn't meet the parents. I don't know. I'm, I'm too lazy. to Long came Polly. It was not one of those. Let it rain. Um, Zoolander. No. Okay. I'll Google it. <laughs> Baseball underway. Did uh, did you do the word association? I did not. Okay. Uh, the word association word association segment is brought to you by Rhett Lee Attorney at Law. Rhett Lee and the Law Office of Andrew Akee LLC are located at 206 4th Street in Logansport, Indiana. Rhett provides legal services to the people of North Central Indiana and practices criminal defense, family law, and personal injury. If you need a lawyer who cares about your results and will fight for you, call them today to schedule a free consultation at 574-722-2221. Did you do the read for uh, On This Day? I cannot remember. Okay. Baseball's underway, and that means it's my least favorite time of the year (laughs) when the Cubs are playing like this. Um, I was telling Tanner before the show, and I even said it last week, that this is the least interested I've been in a Cubs season. We have three-plus years of a sample of the offense just not being very good, and yet they continue to bring the same roster back year in and year out, and we think it's going to be any different? 
It's the exact same stuff. I'll list some stats here. That's just absolutely pathetic. Gag-worthy, if you will. Cubs are dead last in Major League Baseball batting average. They are hitting a uh, solid 167 on the season. Is that not good? They are dead last in Major League Baseball and on base percentage with a 265 on base percentage. Usually their batting average weren't, wasn't that high, but they're still high in on base percentage because they walked a bunch. They are ninth in walk rate, but it means nothing when you're 6 for 67 with runners <laughs> in scoring position. Every year it's the same stuff, and they continue to have the same roster over and over. They're 29th in baseball in OPS, 592. 28th in baseball in slugging, 327. Uh, dead last in baseball on weighted runs created plus. They have the third worst K percentage in baseball, uh, 28.5% K percentage. Uh, their contact rate is 28th in baseball. We're making contact 71.3% of the time. Um, they fa- they just played probably their easiest stretch of baseball they might play all year. They're 4-5 and five after that um, stretch. And with the offense struggling... They now, over the next few weeks, will have to face Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Barn, Corbin Burns, Max Freed, Jacob Degrom, Marcus Stroman. Oh, don't worry, Mets don't score for Degrom. Cubs will win one nothing <laughs> when they face Degrom. They'll face the Reds, so that means they could face Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray if he's back. They'll have to face the Dodgers, which means they could face Trevor Bauer, um, who is in some hot water right now. Or Clayton Kershaw, or Dustin May, or Walker Bueller. <laughs> who would just name a David Price? Who I mean, pick your poison. Um, no fair. You had to win like two out of three against the Pirates, and they just got whooped. By triple A team. A triple A team, and they lost two out of three to them. They only won two out of three in Wrigley. They're sitting here at four and five. I know it's cliche to say it's a long season, but again, we've seen three years' worth of sample of this offense just being putrid. Can't blame it on Chili Davis anymore. Can't blame it on him anymore. Can't blame it on the coaching staff. Can't do it. Can't blame it on anyone except the players at this point in management and the owner for not giving them the means necessary to make deals. Um, since the start of last baseball season, they're dead last in baseball and batting average are hitting 214 as a team, 23rd in on base percentage, 25th in slugging, 26th in OPS. They have the fourth-worst K rate and the third-worst contact percentage. Um, the players need to step up if they want to turn this thing around. If not, could have a massive fire sale at the trade deadline. Javi Baez is a free agent after the year. Chris Bryant's a free agent after the year. Anthony Rizzo's a free agent after the year. Um, sign Anthony Rizzo back. He needs to be a cut for life. Other two guys, wide open. It's shocking to me. You know, for the longest time, you know, I thought some of the guys would – of the core group, you know, would be traded away or not re-signed. I thought, and it still might end up being this way, but I thought Rizzo and Baez were the two that wouldn't go anywhere. I do too. And um, Javi, I mean, he's their leader in hits with eight. Whoop-de-doo. He has three homers. Plays great defense, but he doesn't get on base. Um, his situational hitting is awful. There, Every single one of them, besides Rizzo's situational hitting, is awful. Rizzo hasn't done anything this year. Um, he just... I want them to sign Rizzo back just because he needs to be a cup for life. Yeah. Um, he's not going to get $100 million like he wants, though, if he continues to hit like this. Same with Javier Baez. Same with Chris Bryant. Bryant should have signed an extension three years ago when Cubs were reportedly offering $200 million to him. Um, it's just... it's It could get ugly soon. Um... And, you know, 
they might be better off trading the guys this month. So let's flash back November of 2016. If I had told you the Cubs would be in this position, mm-hmm. would you have believed me? No. I thought they were on top of the world. I think all the Cub fans thought, man, we're going to win another one here right? in the next few years. You know, We got this window. We got all these young studs. We're going to be a team to beat. Yep. And it just hasn't, hasn't come worked to fruition. That way. I mean, they've been to the playoffs every year except one, which, which you're that's okay baseball, with. But. Um, they went to three. Uh, and LCS, which is great, and they won a World Series, of course, which is great. And of course, we have the we have hindsight in our favor right now. Um, I think in hindsight, they probably they obviously should not have traded Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana because that uh, that was just awful um, trade. Because Aloy Jimenez is now a superstar. Of course, he's hurt this year. Dylan Cease is in their rotation, I believe. Um, who's really good. Bad trade. Um, they should have probably had uh, maybe many sort of fire sale um, maybe at the end of 17 or in the middle of 2018 maybe. And maybe we could have seen something different. But uh, I, I just I don't know what they do at this point as Elway's poking his uh, poking his <laughs> snout through wants some, wants some attention. I don't blame him. Um, but, yeah, it's just it is what it is at this point. They need a massive roster overhaul in order for to be able to turn this around. Um, and it's not going to happen in the middle of the season, likely. But I think we'll see Chris Bryan on another team come July. I think Javi Baez could potentially be on another team come August. Um, Craig Kimbrell's been probably their best player so far. He's been absolutely dominant. And it'd be huge if he continues to be this way and they can get something for him. Same with Jake Arrieta. Um, he's been really good in his first two starts. Hopefully he continues to do that. Again, though, they're in a bad division. Uh, with a bunch of mediocre teams, no one I think is going to. The Reds s- are winning the division. The Reds are six and three. They started six and one. They woke up the past two games. <laughs> uh, Cubs have been so bad; and they're only two games behind them already. Yeah, I know. Um, they're good enough to compete in this division, but if you're sitting here, even three games back of a playoff spot, come July 31st, you'd be better served just selling. In my opinion, get something for Chris Bryant because you're not going to sign him. Yeah, because they're going to feel pretty bad if they don't get anything for any of these guys. Exactly. And then and, it's like, geez. And you can get a draft pick for them, but you won't see any sort of reward from that in four to five years down the line. So could get ugly early. Um, it's already pretty ugly. Cubs Twitter, I've been so glad I haven't been on social media uh, or anything. A lot of Cub fans are. Writing the season off already. But uh, I'm not writing it off. But at the same time, my apathy level is just its higher than it's ever been with the Cubs. I never thought I'd be this apathetic. When you have the same roster doing the same things over and over and over again, um, it gets frustrating and annoying to the point where I just don't care if they win or lose anymore. I don't. I don't lose sleep over it. Um, I have I didn't even watch them this weekend. It was to the point on Saturday I forgot they were playing, and I checked my phone, and they were in the fourth inning. When's that ever happened with me? Never. You've known me a long yeah, time, it's and that's never happened. Characteristic of the J man, that's for yep. sure. So you still are Fulton County's walking encyclopedia of baseball knowledge. Yes, sir. But I haven't done a book of prediction yet. Oh, uh, that's J man's right. book of prediction of the week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life. Home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Cubs will only win one game this week. 
J-Man will be a thrill to be around. They play the Brewers in uh, Milwaukee, and then they play Milwaukee. the Braves uh, this weekend. I just I don't see them winning more than a game. You have not done the read for a Circle 15 golf yet either. Oh, I have not. Thank you, J-Man. You're keeping me on my toes today. I am. Somebody needs to keep me in line. <laughs> um, yes. Um, the show is brought to you by not only the damn landing, but Circle 15 Golf. Circle 15 Golf is a brand focused on bringing tour-quality products and, and experience to the everyday golfer. Built on 25 years of tour experience featuring the Genesis Glove, the most durable and comfortable glove available, and the patented Glove Hub, the first and only glove humidor on the market. Find them and more details about their company at circle15golf.com. Yeah, I was going to say go get some uh, limited... Um, Masters designed Circle 15 gear, but that come and came and went. I believe yesterday was the last yeah. day you could get any of that. But still, you can get, of course, the Genesis, the glove, the glove hub, um, div repairs, ball markers, some sweet looking hats. So still got a bunch of great stuff. Go check them out. Circle15golf.com. Um, I think uh, Johnny's ready for the show to be over. Yeah, he knows that the <laughs> countdown's closing it's coming. down. Yep, four minutes left. Uh, you got anything else you want to add? Yankees are terrible. Eh, not te- I, think, I think they had the same They're record. They're last in the East. Tied for last with four other teams. <laughs> they had the same record as the Cubs. They're four and the five. The Bats woke up a little bit yesterday. Um, the Phillies were gifted a win last night in Atlanta. Um, yeah. I forget what the guy's name was. I can see him. Um, the guy for the Phillies who was on third base. His name is Alec, Bo- Alec Baum. Um, boom, Baum. Um, he slid into home in the ninth inning. Clearly didn't touch the bag. Was tagged out. They called him safe on the field. It, it was a really close play. And uh, I could you can justify calling him safe on the in the bang-bang play. But then they went to the re- replay, and he clearly didn't touch home plate. And they... Said call stands. Why have replay? Why have replay if you're going to screw that mm-hmm. stuff up? Major League Baseball continues to do the wrong thing year after year after year, and it just continues, and it's yep. frustrating. Yep. So hit me with that uh, birdie bogey here. Yes, I'd be happy to. And the birdie bogey uh, one more time is brought to you by Noble Nome LOC. Who is the last running back to be selected number one overall in the NFL draft? It's pretty straightforward. A few games – Names that come to mind, I think Curtis Martin went number one overall. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he was in, like, maybe late 80s. It seems like a guy's been there since. Um, Curtis Enos. I don't, I don't Who? Know. Didn't he go number one overall? Was his name Curtis? I don't even know. I've never It's clearly that not him, so just give me <laughs> no, a bogey. I'm giving you a bogey. To Jonna Carter, 1995, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks. Where do you play college at? Colorado. Penn State. Should have known that. Curtis Enos. I'm pretty sure he was a top, not a top pick. But, but Kajana Carter, um, his, he uh, really got, he got hurt. <sighs> he started 14 games and rushed for 1,144 yards and 20 touchdowns. But he tore a league, uh, knee ligament and that forced him to miss his entire rookie season. Um, Curtis Enos was also out of Penn State, and he went fifth overall to the Bears in 1998. So don't you be laughing. You talked about Curtis Martin. He went in the same draft, oh. at number 28. Oh, ah. No, no, in the third round to the Bears. <laughs> I bungled that one royally. 
Wrap us up there, Thanks J-Man, for, for episode 230 of the Tan and J-Man Show. The Tan and J-Man Show. Have a great week, everybody, and we will be back at it next Monday. See ya, everybody.